military give kids, irrespective of which parents they have, right? Or parent or whoever's taking care of them. I'm thinking, you know what? The military has some things that is given the kids. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right. You are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, y'all, let me just tell you that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Hi, peeps. Really excited to jump right into this. This is going to be quite a fun episode because I'm starting off with a book that I really just enjoyed. Okay. This book I was a bit skeptical about. So let me just tell you how this happened. I was on my library app because y'all know I need to read these books and I don't have the, just the space to just have these books on a bookshelf. So I went to my Libby app and I was like, okay, so what are we going to read next? And I didn't even have to go far. As soon as I got on like the main page, they said, there's this book by the book club. What is it called? The big library read is one of the big library reads. And I'm like, what is a big library read? Anyway, they had this historical fiction up and that was going to be the book of the month. And they had unlimited copies at the library. Now, if you've ever done e-lending, you know that there's only a certain number of copies at your library. And it seems weird, right? It's like, why don't y'all have unlimited copies for everything? It's on, it's on the internet. What's, what's the problem? But it's kind of like just borrowing from the physical library. Like you only have so many copies. So it had the unlimited copies. It was a historical novel. And I'm like, historical fiction. I, I love it. I really enjoy historical fiction. And it was like a joint experience because other people are reading this book and there's going to be an author listening, you know, to have kind of a talk back. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll try it. And I was a little skeptical, y'all, because I was like, mm, I don't need people to force me to tell me, you know, this is the book to read. And, you know, if it's popular, it's popular. If it's not, it's not, whatever. So, y'all, I started the book and I said, hmm, it's okay, not bad. And then I got really into it. So let me just tell you, the book is called The Girl in His Shadow. It is by Audrey Blake. And Audrey Blake is actually a pseudonym. They are a writing team, Regina Ciros, I think, and Jaima Fixen. Hopefully I'm pronouncing their names correctly. Anyway, they go by Audrey Blake. So the book will be under Audrey Blake as well as their other books. Okay. And it was a big library read for July. So just coming off of this this past month. Y'all, my three words for the book. Visceral, sympathetic, and feminist. So the book is visceral. So just quick background is about a young woman in the 19th century, early, mid 19th century. And she has come down with cholera, right? So this is the time of cholera in London and her whole family dies. There's a doctor though, who is making home visits and he finds her still alive. All of her family's dead. She's still alive. He takes her 
He is able to heal her and he keeps her as his ward. And he's like a very prolific doctor. He has a lot of clout and it's at a time where there's a lot of scientific discoveries. So it's a fascinating time in London. They've just come off of a, a an epidemic, right? And so it's quite, and I guess they would have been considered a pandemic because it moved across various countries at the end of the day. And it was, it's, I think, just fascinating to see not just her story of just recovery and what she was able to learn as a young woman under this doctor's tutelage. But visceral, because when I tell y'all, they have procedures, because he's a surgeon. He's actually a surgeon, this doctor. And she is able to witness procedures. And you as a reader will witness procedures. And you're like, at least I was thinking, wow, it felt like I was there for the procedure. So not for the faint of heart. Let me tell you, like after one particular scene, I said, let me just... Ooh, let me just take a break. <laughs> that was real. It was visceral. Like you will feel like, wow, I can actually see the parts of the body being opened up. And that's not for everybody. I understand. But it was, I thought it was really good because it felt believable. And the scientific terms are really believable. Like I, this is a very well-researched book, which you want your historical fiction to be well-researched, right? So visceral. I felt the feelings. <laughs> I saw the actual procedures as they went along. Okay, so that's number one. Too sympathetic. I thought the characters were very sympathetic in the book. Like I felt for all of them. And you have your main protagonist, Nora, and she's fantastic. I love Nora. I think they built a great protagonist. She was very sympathetic. You just felt her energy. You understood her motives, what she wanted out of life. This woman who was in the shadow because she was a woman, she couldn't practice surgery, right? I mean, a nurse at best at that time period, but she could not do what her heart and her skill, you know, really opened up for her. Not there, not at that time period. So you felt that, but you felt the sympathy with the other characters. And it was, it was layered, I think, in terms of you got a chance to see what she wanted, but you also saw what was happening in science at that time and what the issues were and what the doctors were battling with the males, right? The men in the book, what they were battling with and trying to show some of their, improve some of their scientific discoveries and the type of backlash that came, you know, and the skepticism. It was exciting. That was super exciting. And it, it made it very sympathetic all around. Like I understood and felt for the characters and their different mot motivations. There's that. Last thing, feminist. It is, oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. The woman, Nora, young woman, her tenacity and the way that the writers allow her to experience the triumphs of being a brilliant understudy of a surgeon who herself had capable surgeon hands. And then the lows, the pitfalls, the, you know, really hard moments of failure of the system on her because she was a woman. Like she could not do what her heart wanted because she was a woman. She could not even take credit for the things that she had done at this doctor's practice and the free clinic just because she was a woman. And I thought the authors did a great job at 
letting us see the limitations that she had as a woman, but in very, very clever ways, how not just she, but her doctor, right? The the doctor who found her and kept her as his ward and how he kind of bucked the system for many, many years before anybody realized that he was actually allowing her to do things that maybe she shouldn't be allowed to do as a woman and as an unlicensed person, right? Didn't have a medical license. But that that bucking of the system, I enjoyed. And also just ultimately, there's lines of a love story in there. And at first, when I first started reading, I was like, oh, don't let this be a sappy story. And it did not go there. And I really appreciated it. Not giving anything away, but yes, you do have people who like each other and maybe fall in love and all that. But I just really did not want her to not be able to do what she wanted to do and what she was capable of doing. And the woman does her thing. She does her thing and the people around her respect her. She gains respect. And it's not an easy ride. I thought there was a lot of action in this book. Some great feminist lines being woven throughout. And by that, I mean, she doesn't have to be defined by being a woman only and have to fit in a box of 19th century London because of that. She does not have to do embroidery and sit around and figure out, you know, new patterns for dresses when, in fact, she had the capacity to do something different, right? And not better or greater, but just different. And the options, that's the thing that I really enjoyed about this particular protagonist and the way that the writers wrote it. So anyway, there's that. I really liked it. And pick it up if you so choose. Once again, the book is The Girl in His Shadow by Audrey Blake. Came out in 2021. So it's quite new. It's quite hot. Um, I know, I think it's a USA bestseller. And I can see why. All right. So moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, I had this delightful conversation with two teens the other day. Two teens over muffins. Look, baked a lot of muffins and I was like, you know what? I can't eat all of these muffins. I need to give it away. And I told you about the community here. It's fantastic. So I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to give it to these people and these people. So giving away muffins, right? So teens come up, they get the muffins for the family. And I talk to them because they're also in my, my church group. And so I see them. And, you know, it was great because we talked about their lives as teenagers. And I've always really enjoyed working with teenagers, to be honest. People talk about, oh, you know, the little ones, they're so sweet and they're so kind and they're so innocent. And the teenagers, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I like teenagers. <laughs> they are quite a bunch. They're, they're quite a, a bunch. You know, I like the little attitudes and trying to figure out their lives and you know, they, they want to be innocent and not have responsibility, but then they want to be bossy and tell you what to do and try to correct you. I like contending with those little people who are becoming adults, right? Adolescents, teenagers, I love them. Anyway, we ha- we're having this conversation, right? Started the conversation and I asked them about the places that they lived as military kids. So they're telling me about where they've lived. They are homeschooled. So they tell me about being homeschooled. And I asked them, do you all like being homeschooled? And they say, yes, they enjoy it. And they're telling me the merits of homeschooling and, you know, some of the things that they don't like so much, but they, they like it overall. And, 
it was a good conversation, y'all. I appreciated that. And one of the things we got to when we were talking, the the girl, she said, you know, one of the things that I've learned is flexibility. And I'm like, yes, yes, flexibility, you know, because there are a lot of struggles that you go through as a kid, I can imagine, in the military life. And, you know, I didn't grow up in the military, so I can't speak from experience, but just learning and listening to stories, right? And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you listen to the episode, we are a family of heroes and we're talking about being heroes. And I got a chance to speak with Shakia. It was a conversation about some of the challenges that you have as a military child, right? And triumphs as well, but the, the challenges. And so it was really cool to talk to these kids about some of the things that they've learned from being military kids. And they're older, right? They're, you know, in their teens. And it got me to thinking, y'all got me to thinking, what are some of the things that the military can contribute to your own well-being as an adult? AKA, it got me to thinking about, you know, what are what are these tools that we should leave childhood with? You know, because ch- let me let me just tell y'all, childhood can be the hood. Mm-hmm. It can, it can be the ghetto would not recommend. And what I mean by, and that's irrespective of where you live. That I mean, it's not about locale. I mean, the hood, the ghetto, as in just bereft of enriching experiences that propels you and advances you. The, you know, think about most of the people, you know, I would say about 99% of the people, you know, who are messed up, they got messed up in childhood. Something in the childhood Mess them up, some little experience, somebody who was over them, something that was said to them, whatever it was, it messed them up, y'all, and they still trying to figure out and go to therapy and 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 talk it out and and pray it out. All these things happened in childhood. The ghetto, the ghetto would not recommend. And and as someone who's worked with children, I always understood as an educator that I might forget exactly what I said or how I said it or even some of the trips I took kids on. I might forget all about that. But these kids will remember. They will remember. And so it's so important for me to do all that I can to always bring my best self to the students that I work with and give them a fantastic experience that builds them up. Okay. So this is something I, I know because you know childhood can be the hood. It can be the ghetto. It can be a mess, right? Uh, those who've been through some hard things in childhood, y'all know. You know what I'm talking about, okay? So the military, what what is what does the military give kids, irrespective of which parents they have, right? Or parent or whoever's taking care of them. I'm thinking, you know what? The military has some things that is given the kids. It's giving children things. As you know, it's it's not always easy, but it's giving kids things. And so, first thing, flexibility. Just like she said flexibility and i was just so proud of her she she understood at at you know her age that she had flexibility as something she can put in her hat and walk into her adulthood with later right think about being a military kid i can imagine is that you always don't get what you want mm mm you may, your parents may have said hey you know, we might be getting stationed to Florida. Wouldn't that be cool? We can go to Disney World all the time. And then we can go to the beach. And then maybe we go on cruises and all this good stuff, right? And then you end up in Oklahoma. 
And nothing's wrong with Oklahoma, but it's not what you expected. It's not what you were given as an option at first, and, but, but the military said it differently, so now you got to be somewhere else. And you was getting excited. You got your little, you know, Mickey Mouse ears ready, and you getting ready to get your bathing suits. You are already looking online, finding bathing suits, and, and now you're going to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. See, flexibility. And, and they go through these things, right? And they might complain and just be grumpy about it and frustrated and cry and tantrum depending on what their age range is, right? But at the end of the day, they learn flexibility. It just won't always happen the way you hoped it to happen. It may not happen the way you planned it to happen. You just got to be flexible. Go with the flow. Number two, personality. My bet is that these military kids are leaving and going into their adulthood with some personality. Because listen, if you got to move every couple years, you started off in Alabama and then now you got to go to Washington State and then now you're in Rhode Island. I mean, you're going to have to have some personality to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And now what's interesting, though, I have met some families, multiple kids, and they kind of all are a little crew, right? So they roll together, which is helpful, I can imagine, you know, to be able to have built in friends no matter where you go. But still. You have to have a little bit of personality because you got to make new friends. And I imagine that that is hard when you you are going through it, right? And you're just like, why do we have to move? All of my friends were here. And I was even listening to a little one. So cute. Little one. I was listening to him talk about the friends he had in another state. And I thought, wow, he's so young to remember that. And I imagine that it was very hard to move this child when he was thinking about his friends in this other place. But listen, at the end of the day, he's going to go into his childhood, you know, just thinking the childhood reflections as he's talking as an adult. He's going to go into this memory bank and say, hey, I learned how to have a little personality. And when I tell you this kid has personality, I love it. He has personality. And, you know, I don't know, you know, it's genetic, right? But I also think the military helps with that. Third thing, acceptance. Yes. And y'all know those who have been through childhood and for whom it was the hood, the ghetto, you know, acceptance is usually part of why it was so ghetto. People didn't accept you for who you were. People had cliques and I went through some bullying. I'll tell y'all that's a whole nother conversation, but I went through bullying in middle school and even some little stuff and, you know, isolation and all that, kind of being pushed out of groups in, in high school even. But at the same time, when you go through so many changes and movements, right, and you have to meet all these different people, and then you have kids who are in, you know, even moving through different countries because of the military, you got to be the type of kid eventually that just learns to accept people. And you realize that people are not all the same everywhere. Right. There are cultural differences between Mississippi and Maine, period. Right. And so these kids, they learn to just accept people and say, hey, you seem cool enough. I don't mind that you have an accent or that you eat different food or that maybe we don't listen to the same type of music. You're cool. And let's be friends. I accept you. I'm open minded like that. So those are the three things I'm thinking, you know. 
as much as military kids must struggle with all of the changes constantly and then having a parent gone for any length of time from a couple of days to weeks to months to even over a year, at the same time, they get that flexibility, they got some personality, and they accept people for who they are. And I appreciate those things that I've seen out of the military children that I've met so far. So anyway, that's all for that, y'all. You know, the, the, the building character, yes. The military can give kids some good things. The, the lifestyle can be good for character development. That's all I'm saying. All right, so moving on to the last part of the day, y'all. I have actually a poem for you all. And it is a poem that I wrote actually when I was in college. And very fun. It is a heroic couplet poem and had a little fun with it. Was based on experience with children, actually. So it keeps with the theme of today. And so I'm just going to read to you. It is called The Twins. The itty-bitty little ones lie snug, and mommy kindly smiles, presenting smugly baby one and baby two still sleeping. Looks like precious balls of fur all heaped in. One decides to open eyes and peek. She stretches belly out. If she could speak, she'd ask, Oh, where am I? So quiet kept. If strangers frightened, Mommy'll intercept. The bright-eyed baby spotter leaps within with goo-goo eyes, though nothing's happening. They are so cute, is uttered from my lips, who's cooing just like Gladys in the pips. Below me, baby number two awakes. She blinks and stirs and squirms just like a snake. You want to hold her? Are you sick? Wash hands. Newborns are fragile, so I understand. It takes a while to get the pumpkin steel. She stretches constantly and her mouth spills. A little baby slobber, but it's cute. More baby language? She listens astutely for a two-month-old. Then time to feed. So back to mommy, she provides all needs. Politely, I say bye. It's time to go. Surprise visit and baby stole the show. Back to studying, my focus, I'll have to go. The best part? See others' babies, don't heavily depart. Cause if it was babies I had in lieu of school, oh Lord, what tremors would rattle my heart. All right, y'all. So that is it for today. That last little couplet, I, I changed it a little around. So, you know, for those who were like poet heads and you're like, heroic couplet, something happened that last little line. Yes, I did a little something different that last line from what I originally wrote, but more or less, right, heroic couplet poem and a lot of fun. So I hope that you all enjoy this episode, Station with Stories. Definitely get on the podcast, whatever streaming site you're on, right? Rate the podcast. Leave a comment, share the podcast with other people. Just just share. You know that little that little arrow, that little arrow that tells you that you can share something? Tap on that real quick. Share with a friend, share with a colleague or whomever. And definitely check me out on social media, stationed underscore story. 
and on YouTube where I am trying, y'all, y'all, y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm trying uh, as best as I can to get these videos up for you all on my life as a military spouse. But a lot of it right now is just life in Japan and how this newest station is going. So definitely love to hear from you all. Continue to listen because we are here every Monday station with stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.